Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. She rolls into it now. It's amazing. I, I, well, when you point at me, I'm like, ah. <laughs> but I wouldn't know that you're going, ah, because you just do it. That's good. Call it experience. So keep going. <laughs> keep Welcome going. back to Woods of Water, South Welcome back. They just, we just got here. To another Saturday, if you there want to you finish. There you go. Better. Gracious me. Better. You spring things on me, and then you critique me on it. But of course. That's what Imagine dads do. That. <laughs> uh, yes, welcome in. I'm your host, Roger Metz. I'm joined. That was that was my co-host, Taylor. I am. My daughter. I'm the co-host, but I'm still very important. Back to school week. Woohoo! First week of junior year. Gosh. That's crazy. I'm an old man. You you are. You're, I'm feeling you are. it, too. I'm not going to give you any sympathy anymore. I don't expect any. <laughs> I've lived with women all my life. I don't expect any sympathy whatsoever. Even the dollar doesn't give you sympathy. No, even Sophie doesn't give me sympathy. She only comes when she wants to be fed or wants me to throw the ball. One of the two. Yep. So everything in life is, you know, as it should be. Uh, but, yeah, welcome into another uh, another Saturday Woods and Water. We're uh, going to talk to Chris Canute. Mm-hmm. Uh, former, former coach of the York County High School Anglers. I mean, Chris has been around for a long time. Looking forward to some of the stuff he's got to talk about. And I think last segment, we're going to get to dove season, which is two weeks off. Get excited. Off. Get excited. Two weeks, the official opening of the South Carolina outdoor year Yep. is opening day of dove season. That's when life, speaking of life, it was cooler outside a couple mornings this week than it was inside. That's true. Cooler outside at like two or three degrees. That's just huge. Our fishing trip Thursday was real nice, too. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I got a little taste of fall there. I know, Taylor, you had something the other week about, about what, South, uh, the South Carolina? The seasons the of season. South Carolina. Well, I, I found a different one. Did go, you? Yeah, go through, read read what yours was again. Mine was. Because this one's just a little bit different. Right, well, mine was. Yes. Winter. Yes. Full spring. Second winter. Spring of deception. Third winter. The pollening. Actual spring, attack of the of the mosquitoes, summer. Please, Lord, make this summer end. False fall. Just kidding. More summer and actual fall. This one's just a tad different. <sighs> oh boy. Winter, full spring. Second winter, spring of deception. Third winter, the pollening. Actual spring, summer, hell's front porch. <laughs> but they left out the mosquitoes. False fall. Second summer, actual fall. And this one says, you are here. We Hell's are in Hell's Front, front Porch. porch. <laughs> All that really doesn't feel like, you know, it, we haven't been hot, hot this year at all. No. I mean, and, and you expect upper 80s, lower 90s. Yeah. But none of this 95, 98, 99, I mean, a couple of days maybe. 
But boy, yeah. Oh, look outside. The, the white oak trees are loaded up with acorns. They're getting to grow. Dove season will be here. It'll be, look, it'll be hot, folks, but until the it. end of September, middle <laughs> of October. But uh, it, it, fall is coming. It is. And after second summer. I right? Have, I, yes. Okay. I have, I have um, officially made my opinion of if I'm wearing a backpack, it better be 70 degrees outside, not 80-something. Like, it's got to start getting to fall time oh. by the time I'm wearing a backpack. Oh, I haven't done that this year, but, listen you know. To you. <laughs> well, um, okay. You, you had a friend, and we talked about this once, and we've been meaning to give an update on this. Um, you got about five minutes. Okay. Well, I don't know if y'all remember me mentioning Austin Somerville and my good friends. was in a diving accident. About like a month ago when we talked about this the first time. Mm, two months. Six weeks. Okay. Well, it's been three months since the accident now, and he is down at Shepherd Center in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, he's been going through very, very intense therapy um, because they are all confident that he will get everything he needs back. And so far, our prayers have been answered. And if y'all follow the Facebook page, Praying for Austin Somerville, I think it is the same on Instagram as well. Um, you'll see this. But he's made some huge milestones so far. So just in the past, I feel like, month and a half. Well, let's, go, let's go back. He was essentially completely paralyzed yes. after the accident. Yes. Yeah. He No, no motor control. Arms, legs, by hands, time, anything. By the time he was out of the hospital, he was at, he was at Greenwood Memorial Hospital for three weeks, and they took him down to Hubbard Center that third the end of that third week, and he still had no movement from no neck down. Um, so but, that's the stage. Yeah, that's the stage. So after getting down there, getting settled, and starting the therapy, just in the last month and a half or so, he has gained feeling and movement in both arms. His fingers still aren't awake yet, but that will hopefully be soon to come. Um, feeling and movement in, his, in both legs, which is huge because it started off his left side was back, and he had no feeling in his right, but the doctors down there who know a, a lot about these spinal cord injuries said it is it is common for the non-dominant side to come back before the dominant side. So we kept our fingers crossed and got his right side back. Somewhat, it's still, it's, you know, he still can't do everything, but it's coming. Um, his abs are starting to wake up. He stood up for the first time with it, with the aid of a stand the other day, um, but he was able to in three get months. Up out of that chair. Yeah, in three months. Um, he's still got a long way to go, but I mean, the fact that in three months after a serious injury like that, he is doing all this stuff is just impressive. And that, but that's him, and that's God. I mean, he would fight. You know, to get his legs back and his arms back, and he has done that with the help of all those people down there. And I don't think I can thank them enough for that because we want him back home. <laughs> we miss him a lot. They had not given him a prognosis up until about two weeks ago, and when his left leg started going and then his right woke up, they actually told him by next school year you should be walking. Yep. yep. If everything goes planned, I mean, he's made. And they don't. And I talked to my brother because my niece Lindsay, your cousin, yep. has been at Shepherd Center when she had her accident. She's, you know. She was paralyzed. She's in a wheelchair. Uh, and they don't give prognosis down there unless they know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's it. Unless experience has told them this is what's going to happen. So to get a prognosis that you will be walking by next school year is huge. It is. And he is working towards that with everything he has. So we're really, really proud of him and his hard work and can't wait to see him home. Praise your answer, people. Mm-hmm.
Gotta stay faithful. Yep. Stay in the game. Yep. Uh, if you listened a couple weeks ago, and I'll make this really short, uh, when we had uh, Tony K on mm-hmm. with the South Carolina Bass Nation, you know, he was talking about his tournament trail that came out, and he was talking about a college series. He has released a college series. Now, we're going to have two college series in South Carolina, just like we've got three tournament trails for South Carolina high schoolers now. <laughs> um, <Woo. laughs> uh, he has a college trail that came out and for colleges. They're going to be September 19th at Winya Bay, Georgetown, October 31st, Lake Greenwood, Greenwood State Park, November 14th, Lake Russell, 72 Landing, December the 12th, Lake Hartwell, Gum Branch, January 23rd, Cooper River, Cypress Gardens, and February 6th, Lake Marion Moultrie at Black's Camp. Um, we have the other college series. If, if schedule, if if we don't get to it with Chris, we'll read that one off to later. Okay. But they've uh, but lots of fishing, and Chris is going to talk to you. He's a great guy. I've known Chris for a while. Um, traipsed up to Kentucky Lake to watch his one of his kids and teammate fishing a bass college champion high school championship up there. It's so. crazy where you can go with all this stuff. It is, and it's uh, it's getting more and more. You know, as parents, we look at college, and if you have a kid that fishes, well, that's one of those sports now that you're getting free rides to school. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, but that second segment, we'll see how long we take with him, and then uh, we're going to dedicate fourth segment. We'll fill in third or fourth, third if we have to. But fourth segment is going to be talking about dove season because we're about two weeks out, and uh, it's coming really fast. And yes. I'm I looking forward to there. it. You need start to get out practicing. there. Yes. I got to shoot my bow. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I to start shooting that bow. Uh, but, uh, yeah, never too late to start. Uh, but anyway, y'all hang on. We are uh, back with Chris Canute, Palmetto Boat Center, talking about all their tournament trails and all, and we'll see you after the break. Back up from a few years ago, Taylor. I remember this song. <laughs> and I bet our guest knows it. Come on, Chris, what hey, is it? That was off of a uh, Miami Bass played it. <laughs> Money for nothing. Money for nothing and the chicks for free. <laughs> That's right. I want my own TV. I want my own TV. Oh, man. Welcome back to another segment of Woods and Water, South Carolina. Uh, our gre- guest. I, probably for the next two segments, because we're going to cover, you know, it, yes, we started talking about hunting season last week, and we're going to talk about hunting season this show and some and the other segments. Uh, but fishing, you know, high school fishing just getting kicked off. There are college trails in South Carolina now. There's a another men's type tournament trail here, and there's a new professional fishing league starting up next year, and. Hey, you got a guy that's involved in all of them. That's who you go to. So we're joined by Chris Canute. Chris, you and I go back a long ways. Uh, watched your boys grow up bass fishing uh, there with York County. And uh, thanks for taking a few minutes. And, again, I apologize. It took, so, took me so long to get back to you. Oh, no problem. Like I said, I'm, I'm glad to be on. And thank you all for giving me the opportunity to talk about something that is dear to my heart. Absolutely. Take just a minute. Tell us who you are. 
uh, maybe give a little bit of background. Don't like we talked about. We talked about what we're going to talk about, but don't go into that yet. I want to lead up to that one. So you know, yeah, I get you. <laughs> I always had a passion for, for the outdoors and fishing. Twelve years I have coached high school fishing. Twelve <laughs> years. I coached eight now. Yep, I coached Alabama. four here. Uh, in those twelve years, I'm talking about a little bit of accomplishment, seven state championships out of twelve years. It's uh, pretty good. That's pretty good stuff. Yeah, sure. Uh, just always was around some great youth anglers that were always able to, you know, I've been asked how were you able to compete at such a high level in Alabama, and then you come here and you carry on. We won three in a row here. Right. Just finished up. Um, just always thought about it this way. It, 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 when it comes to team sport, which high school fishing should be about teams. Right. Is getting everybody, and it's no different from a career. If you Whatever you do in life, you get everybody to work towards one common goal. And, you know, I coached for 12 years. I, I, I loved it, lived it, had the opportunity to be around some amazing people that's in the industry now working for some great companies, TH Marine. I've got kids scattered all throughout colleges of, of <laughs> South Carolina. So there's so many things. But, you know, coaching high school fishing for the past 12 years, has definitely, as I've told people this, it's given me way more than I'll ever give it back. What? Okay. Giving back as a coach. I mean, you're responsible for the team. You're responsible for making sure kids are, you know, getting practice, getting the tournament signed up, making sure they insurance, boat, boat captains, and all that. There's a lot on that side of things. Yeah, so I would like to take all that credit, but when you get to a team, I averaged about between 40 and 50 anglers a year. Okay. And I was real good to always have a great set of, uh, what, what, what do you call team parents? Uh, sure. Missy Myers. Yeah. I had the Ashley Manises. I've had the Katrina Sawyers in Alabama. I had a Joy Martin. Uh, I, I've always been surrounded by a lot of moms that, that really love what we were doing. They helped me with that end of it. My goal was always to be on the front end, teaching the kids how to fish, right. sharing the information about fishing getting out, working with sponsors, giving back to the community. What can we do? What can I teach them through this, not just about fishing, but loving the outdoors, taking care of your resources, giving back to the community, giving back to the next generation of anglers. So many times we had anglers that, like the Tanner Manises and the Britt Myers. They've come back and boat captain for somebody after they had graduated. Passing it along. They, Pass it for, they, yeah. they see it and they do it. Paying it forward yep. is what we called it. Yep. And they were great about doing that. So, you know, these are all things that build character in people that make this world needs a lot more of right now. And we won't get into the political side of things. No, I don't no, talk about no, no. It, But I'm just saying. <laughs> we know we, exactly what you're saying. It does help build better character. It, it is greatly appreciated, and I've always been a firm believer in doing all those things. And if you were going to fish on my team, you were going to do X, Y, and Z. Sure. As a dad, because I know you, because I, because I know you coached, you've been boat captains for your for your boys. I was blessed to do it, and yes, in this final year, 
So I missed out. I never got to see Chase, my oldest son, win a tournament. I never was his boat captain because I shared the duties with another father. Okay. And I never got to be in that. So this year, for Justin, in his senior year, he is, he's had a, a handful of top tens, a handful of top fives. He's been to the national level. When he won the PVC High School Trail on Hartwell, in February with 20 pounds, <laughs> and I got to experience that and got to be a part of that. And the the, the video that Marty has up on his website at Palmetto Boat Center High School Trail still gives me chills to this day because every time I want to see a moment and relive a moment, that's a moment in time that means so much to me because he, 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 he always wanted a W. Right. And he got it. He got so, it. So... I had the opportunity for those 12 years that we're talking about to have six with one child, six with the next child. That, to me, and we can talk about it later in the segment, and we won't give the news away, but that was one of the biggest things about my career. And What are you going to do next? What's the next chapter look like? Well, there's a couple of things for the next chapter, but I felt like as a father, and you're living it, you got Taylor and you got kids, but you understand you have to take the selfish side of you out of it and go, I'm sure. going to do this and enjoy my kids, and what can I do to spend quality time? Because it's like the hourglass. It's ticking. And it's gone before you know it. And you blink, and they're a senior, and they graduate. Yep. So I took, and there's this story was told a long time ago. There's some great stories, and Justin and Chase would probably kill me if we shared all of them out here. And that 20-foot <laughs> of boat space Oh, yeah. They couldn't run from me. So when I needed to have some of those tougher conversations, we've had them. What right. are you going to do, swim to the bank? Uh-huh. You know, I, I remember being at Pickwick having one with Chase, and Chase felt like he could have crawled probably under the boat and probably wish he would have. But, you know, that was one of the things. Is it, it, it was one of those moments where I will never forget that moment on Pickwick having that right. discussion in the middle of the lake. Right. But they need to be had. Yeah. And but what a and what a fish fishing give me that. And, and look, face it, if you're going to have that kind of that kind of talk, it's not an easy one to have, and neither one of you likes to have it. But you're out fishing, and you and as soon as you have the talk, you go back to fishing. That's right. You know. I mean, it, that's it, exactly right. It's probably it a lot easier. Easier to have them. Of course, because having it in your house, they go back to the bedroom, close the door, and then you're in a fix. You know. <laughs> yeah, he had to realize he's got 10 hours of this, and I started that conversation in hour one, so there was nine more hours whether you like it or not. Remember that, Taylor. <laughs> those are coming. <laughs> and you've got a boat. Y'all are doing yep. all this neat stuff now, so those yep. will come, and they're great to have. And I just When I say that that was an opportunity to spend a lot of time one-on-one, one with another angler, usually their best friend. So yep. you can drag him into the mix and go, hey, what really happened at that party? Right. And I'm just using right. Well, you could get, you had somebody else. So those were moments in time that I've looked at and go, I'm glad as a father. I'm glad as a person I did. With that being said, you talk about the other 40. One thing I've never done, when I say I had teams that had 40 or 50 anglers. Right. I, as a coach, never put my son first. It, done, it, it means nothing for Chase and Justin to have one ever event and the rest of the team struggled. Sure. So it was always, and even when I, I remember early on in my coaching career in T-ball days, we made it to All-Stars one year, and I left my son 
he made it. He was a five-year-old making it on a six- and seven all-star team. And the coaches said, hey, let's put your son in. I said, no, you've got some six- and seven-year-olds here. Uh-huh. He can sit the bench. And I let him sit the bench the whole game. When I got in the car to head home that night, my wife was living <laughs> at the time. <laughs> and I had to hear that all the way home. But the lesson being, you know, they already got enough things they got to deal with with their dad being the coach. Right. They got to hear so many. I never wanted to add that other pressure to it. Right. Yep. They had to earn it. Yep. But I promise you this. This one was, it was very easy to look at them and go, you do X, Y, and Z, or we're not going Saturday. I remember this one time I told Chase, I said, Chase, <laughs> if that boat ain't this and you ain't done all these things and the grass ain't cut and I get home, we ain't going to the lake to practice. Hmm. I don't don't like try that on me. Oh, I've already Don't. done it to you. Uh, <laughs> you've always caved because you're the one. No, I haven't that. caved. Yeah, you have. No. You have. When it so comes, you to, can when it comes to fishing, this yeah. with me, yes. Roger. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. So that's the dad side of yep. it, which, like I said, it's 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 time. It's like sand of an hourglass. I know I'll never get yep. back, but there's so many memories. Yep. But it's a lot. I've got pictures. I've got all these things that remind me of that moment in time. Yep. Hey, I got one. I got one of those pictures. I got a bunch of those pictures from up at Kentucky you Lake do. one year. Yeah. You know, we talked about that the other day. Good times. If the second day doesn't get rained out, you remember that? Yep. Some kind of tropical yep. storm caused us. We dropped twenty three pounds on I the know. last day. I know. And bumped us. And we were preserving our fish, thinking it's a three day deal. <laughs> and we questioned that decision. Yeah. But you know what I learned from that? What's that? Every day, go catch. If you can catch forty pounds, go drop forty on them on day one. Yeah, tomorrow. You never know, and that taught me <laughs> such a valuable lesson about bass fishing. Yeah, and that's what high school fishing has taught me. I learned more sitting in that boat for ten hours watching these kids get pour their heart and soul into a sport. Yeah, and I learned a lot. And folks, that that is. I know we've taken almost 12 minutes or, or 10 minutes, however long we wasted before we got on here, Taylor. Um, talking about that's something that every dad can experience. If your kid wants to fish, you could be Chris Canute. I mean, you're not going to be Chris Canute, but you could be like Chris Canute. You're coaching or being a boat captain and, and getting to experience all that stuff. That's uh, We didn't make it anywhere near what I wanted to in this segment, Chris, but that's all right because that was a, that was good stuff. And it's applicable to, to a lot of people who are wondering, can I do this? Sure, you can do it. And I feel like, go, go ahead. Oh, well, I feel like, I mean, for the kids, I think it's the same experience being with their parents while they're out there doing what they love. Could be. Absolutely. All right. Hang on, Chris. We'll get to more of the stuff we need to talk about or we wanted to talk about <laughs> next segment. Hang on, y'all. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. And we got to ask the question. We have to let it sink for a second. All right, so we got a little bit of music. We got the voice out there. I'm sure there's no question in Chris' mind who that is, but we got to ask the question first, Chris. Is that Hootie and the Blowfish or is that Darius Rucker? Now, 
It's not the album who produced the album. It's in your mind. Is that always going to be Hootie and the Blowfish, or is that always going to be Darius Rucker? Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> <laughs> Chalk one up for Dad. Okay, that's okay. I'm probably due for a loss. <laughs> she, she wants. She, you chalked it up over the last few shows. I have. Yeah. <laughs> I need to start keeping score. He he was supposed he. South Carolina had a big tourism push, and he was going to be the big face of tourism in South Carolina. And I hate to say 2020 turned out like it did. But uh, it's been fun doing those little things every week or, or, or most weeks when we have a guest. So thanks for playing along. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, people, if, if, you, if you missed last segment, the podcast will be up later next week. That's some good stuff about how parents involved in their kids through fishing the benefits and, and and the memories. So thanks for sharing. All right, but Palmetto Boat Center, Marty Walker has had these trail. Or he's had the high school trail. Uh, we've got a new addition trail this year that's going to step up a level, and then we got a Palmetto Boat Center tournament trail. So Chris, you know all three of these. Take it away. So yes, very exciting news. We just released our college series. Yes. And you may ask, well, hey, now Marty Walker's got a college series. So we've been kind of having this funny joke going around. From the time you're in the sixth grade, meaning you're fishing the high school series, <laughs> so you're in your grade, meaning fishing the men's trail. Right. Or team trail. Let's go back. Team right. trail. Right. There's a series for everybody under one umbrella now. That's right. And we're super excited. The high school season's getting ready to kick off. Yep. We've slated a tournament. We're going to do six tournaments this year okay. with a championship. All right. Uh, great to see that, you know, we're looking at numbers somewhere. We were talking today. I've stopped by Palmetto Boat Center. Somewhere around 240 to 280-ish is the number again. Okay. So, of course, we're going to have four, four divisions in A, B, C, D, roughly about 60 boats per division. Okay. Due to COVID restrictions, there's so much going on. You said it earlier as you entered in the social. 2020 has not been fair. No. But because of all this, we've kind of reworked the system. Okay. We're working through a lot of these venues. But if you're able to take 120, if they put a cap on things with having four divisions, A, B can fish this tournament, right. C, D can fish that tournament. Okay. We're looking at hosting two super ponies. I mean, we're going to bring them all together. And we're going to do those on lakes that can hold them, meaning a Hartwell, meaning a Clark's Hill. The facilities have got to build to right. handle those. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we've done a great job over the offseason working through what we see as the best plan forward for high school fishing in 2020 and 2021. And, you know, we're all faced with the changes that we're having to deal with every day. Right. You know, as I'm dealing with York County, Andy Clinton, and I'm dealing with all these other tourism, there's a lot. And we're doing a lot on the forefront to to make sure we're treating this very cautiously and making sure the angler's safety is number one. Okay. So I want to, you know, that's something that's huge. Right. But one thing about it that I've heard, and this is something been huge across the industry through this COVID, the bass fishing industry has done pretty well. It has. Everybody's wanted to get outside. <laughs> if you're walking through Academy Sports or somebody like that, you realize bass fishing is doing really well. <laughs> Social distance is really easy to do on a lake, on yes. a 20-foot boat by yourself. That's right. And with two people. So, yeah, so we're excited about that. That trail's up, and, and, and we've, we've got the schedule finalized. Really excited about it. But the, the, the real talk right now is our college series. You know, I sit down with the Ryan teams at Erskine, talk okay. to – 
the Clemson coaches, talked to the South Carolina, uh, Colton Parrott, and, and really wanted to hear from them. So we built a three-tournament with a two-day championship, so four tournaments. Right. Trail this fall for those guys. Okay. And we're super excited. We're paying a thousand dollars guaranteed for fifty boats. I'm excited to say I've been working with sponsors. We've got Onyx Outdoor, Onyx Outdoors. They're coming in this year. I, I just we got a meeting Monday with Cashin Fishing Rods here in North Carolina, Sanford. Okay. Good stuff there. Uh, just continuing to see the sport grow. And what I thought was really neat, you know, being a high school coach, we talked about in segment one for 12 years, I seen that there was always a disconnect from high school to college. It was kind of like, all right, you, you, you've gotten here, you, you flew the nest, go on, be free. Now we've got a platform for those guys. And what we're going to do is a lot of live streaming from the water. Okay. And we're going to showcase these colleges like the Clemson's, the Erskine's, the Landers. And we're going to showcase those anglers and what the, the the college has to offer. The coaches will be at the weigh-ins. So we're going to kind of intertwine the high school work in the college events, the college work in the high school events, so we can bring that unity together. And, you know, if you're a high school angler and you're interested in a college around here, well, just come to a tournament because there's going to be a coach there. He's going to come work. Cool. He's going to get to know you. And I know from the fact when my kids were getting re- recruited, Ryan Teams knew who Justin Canute was, but he knew who he was three years ago. So hopefully this will bring that together, Roger. And I'm super excited to have this college series trail and have uh, Marty asked me would I be the tournament director. I absolutely took it. I'm excited. Rob Daniels has helped me at York County. He's going to work them with me. Okay. And, and we're, we're launching this, and it's out there. We start in September. And I can't be happier to, to give them kids a platform or them young men and, and women a platform now to showcase their talent and showcase our our colleges here in the state of South Carolina. So that, that was great schools. Yeah, that was one of the questions I'll ask. This is for South Carolina colleges only, right? No, so no? you know, I was asked that. Okay. So if you're a North Carolina school and you're listening or you're you you're a Georgia, northern Georgia, we're not just closing the doors. But what I'm trying to do out of it, there is any school can be showcased. But I'm going to show, and I mean this, I've really gotten to know a lot of these coaches and, and programs. There's a lot to offer right here in the state of South Carolina when it comes uh, to bass fishing. There is, yeah. And I'm telling you, I've watched some of these landers get the Brett Myers Jr. with mm-hmm. the Tanner Magnuses. I've watched Clemson <clears throat> get the Sean Clayton's from my school. And now you look at Erskine College. Yes. They sound like seven of the top ten anglers in the South Carolina's high school fishing. One of your buddies, Taylor. Mm-hmm. David Jack Hunt, Trevor Gorman. David Ackerman. David Ackerman, yep. Jacob Butts. I can go on and on. That guy, I'm telling you, this is my call right now. School to watch <laughs> the next four years of bass yeah. fishing. Erskine College. Keep an eye on Erskine College. All he's right. doing it, and he's doing it right. Cool. David Ackerman is a phenomenal fisherman. He is. He is, yeah. I took Trevor Gorman out in a men's trail. We can talk about that. So I took Trevor as a substitute uh, August 1st on Hartwell. Never had Trevor in my boat. Always wanted the opportunity. Yeah. Phenomenal fisherman. Cool. So the team trail that we also have. Got about two minutes. Once again, we got all these, you know, these team trail 
We got the high school. We got the college. And here comes Marty with his team trail. All right. It's for anybody, two people, partnering up. We're going to fish eight events for the championship. Phoenix boats, nitro boats, all that contingency money is in there. So if you win one of those, it's 10000 to win plus the 7000 Phoenix money. $17,000 to win a Saturday tournament? <laughs> wow. It doesn't get any better. So, Marty, you know, that's been kind of a staple. We've averaged about 125 teams, looking at about 100, 125 college teams, and 250. So we're looking at about 800 anglers under one umbrella now. And coaches. Coaches, and coaches boat and captains, grandparents. grandparents, parents, siblings, yeah. So if you want to multiply that times five, look at the amount of people. Mm-hmm. That's 3,000. 4,000 people. 40,000. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're just there. So very excited. You know, Marty does a great job. He pours his heart and soul in this thing. He absolutely people does. People tend to forget he sells boats. Yeah. That's how he makes his living. Yeah. The rest of it's kind of like. Everybody knows him from the tournament trails. <laughs> Correct. Yes. And they, they have a hard time when they can't get him Monday through Friday, and they call him in. I'm like, the guy has a job. <laughs> he has a job. <laughs> He kind of runs a boat dealership with 20 employees. Yeah. It's kind of important. Yeah. So then, so that's that covers those three and, and what it means to the state here to give an opportunity to go fishing for big payouts, big trophies, and a lot of bragging rights. How is uh, how is the addition coming out of the PBC? Oh, I was there today. I mean, they're getting it up and going. Marty thinks it's a couple more months out, but it's going to be nice. I mean, he's got an outdoor, and he's going to have a huge showroom up front. Told me today he's going to be able to house about 12 to 14 bass boats in a showroom. Wow. Uh, he's definitely growing. I remember moving yes. up here five years ago and, and where he's at today. Small place and easily then, yeah. Correct. Well, cool. So, well, we, we, got about a, we got about 20 seconds, but there's there's something else we're going to tease people with. That is the N- is. NPFL. The Professional Fishing League, the National Professional Fishing League. It's been announced. They're putting all the anglers together right now. It's coming. Schedule will be released in October. We start March of 2021. 125 anglers, no co's, 50,000 to win, six events. <laughs> One championship at the end of it. Cool. More to come. More to Hope come. Y'all invite me back in November. We will. We will. Look, thanks for doing this. Thanks for pouring your hearts in these kids and all these tournament trails. Chris, we will talk to you later on, man. Thank you so much, yep. Roger. See, See you. you. Taylor. Bye. Bye. Be back more Woods and Water, South Carolina. I'm going to silence my computer. There, it's silent. This thing is No, it hasn't. It did, too. It's still up there. No, I silenced it. Okay. I think it's so stupid. (laughs) Welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. Final segment of the day. What a good two segments that was. Great. I told you. Good guest. Make our job easy. Make our job easy. (laughs) Which makes it easy on y'all because y'all don't want to hear us talk about ourselves all the time and then run on. So it's good to have other guests. And, you know, I... At times during the history of the show, I have tried to segment a guest per segment. You know, you give them 10 minutes. That's all you can get. Mm. I can limit people so much. It does. Now, unless the subject material is such that it's just 10-minute subject material. Mm. That's different. 
but to to invite somebody on and and limit them to ten, eleven, twelve minutes when the subject material actually you spend the whole show on. Uh, it's, it's I've tried it. I've done it both ways. And there'll be times we'll have we'll have bang bang chop chop segments. We've had those in the past. So bang bang chop chop. It's <laughs> like something at Joy of Tokyo. Uh, <laughs> oh, now you're making me hungry. <laughs> no, tonight's Mexican food. Remember? Oh, yes, that's right. That was my idea. Honey. Your idea, Mexican food. Uh, so anyway, I don't know where we're going yet, but we'll go somewhere. Um, <laughs> dove season, the traditional. Back to my childhood, you know, when I was four or five years old and couldn't carry a gun, it, I was dove hunting, and I was quail hunting. But dove season came first, quail season opened the week of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and and growing up, that was it. I mean, we didn't have fishing seasons; you fish year round. Yeah, I mean, they have fishing seasons everywhere else that people say, "Oh, well, it's trout season," and it's no, no, uh, around here it's <laughs> dove season. That's that's when the year starts. It supersedes school starting. It's <laughs> dove season. Labor Day weekend. Uh, so this year, dove season opens September the 5th. So September the 5th through the 7th, and we're going to run through season dates, some of the, you know, some of the fields you can hunt on, you know, what how to how to plant a dove field mm-hmm. for next year if you want one. And you, I mean, there's uh, dove fields are in high demand. People yeah. are paying two hundred dollars to go hunt dove fields these days. Now that includes a meal, but it's still. It's a lot of money to pay to go shoot 15 doves if you got them. Uh, some of the rules and regulations, how to attract them, just some of the stuff that I've picked up over the last 40-something years of dove hunting. Uh, so September 5th through the 7th, and some of the stuff has changed so much when I was since when I was a kid. But anyway, September 5th through the 7th, 12 noon until sunset. If you're on a private field, if you're on a, a WMA field, what time is that cut off, Taylor? WMA field. I don't see that time on. Starts stops at six o'clock. Okay. That was a trick question. Uh, Why'd sep- you give me a trick question, Doug? <laughs> just to get you ready for the rest of the segment. So oh, September the eighth to the eleventh, half hour before sunrise until sunset. That is the first season. Second season, November fourteenth through the twenty eighth, half hour before sunrise until sunset. December twenty fifth to January thirty first, which is the fourth split. Same daily bag limits fifteen, possession limits forty five. Taylor, there are two kinds of fields that you can hunt on. There are three kinds, but two are. The Excuse me. Four. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so because the responsibility to know what kind of field you're on lies with the hunter. It does. Not the landowner. If you're gonna hunt it, you gotta know about it. That's right. Um, this is straight off the South Carolina Hunting and Fishing official state regulations guide. So I got the good stuff here. Um, the top two. Kinds of fields that you can hunt on are harvested fields composed of combined or picked corn, combined soybean fields, or other fall harvested crops. Combined. 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 Okay, go ahead. Combined. Combined. <laughs> All right, stop it. Fields where crops are grown and manipulated for wildlife management purposes. The third kind is fields where wheat or other grains have been recently planted. Now that relates back to top sowing grain um, after October 1st. After October 1st, that's right. Uh, and, and a lot of this goes back to Clemson University. Bonafide agricultural process. Mm-hmm. DNR on some of the regulations when it comes to ducks and doves, migratory birds, um, goes back to bonafide agricultural practices as determined by Clemson University. 
which is pretty cool. So, yeah, uh, first two fields, no problem. You know what's out there, although you need to check the ground. You walk onto a field that's a cornfield and you got sunflower seeds out there, that's a problem. <laughs> you walk out into a sunflower field and you got cracked corn out there, that's a problem. Uh, that would be considered baiting. So, uh, one thing, and also one thing, when you consider that illegal dove hunting, these are cross, these are what they say multiple offense types because when you violate a state law, you violate a federal federal law because it falls under migratory birds. So you have to be extra careful about hunting doves. All right. Illegal dove hunting. An example of illegal dove hunting. We just gave it to you. Uh, piling up grain. I mean, it can be as simple. I know some people have gotten close to trouble because they, in the cur- turn of a field, you get a little more grain out there when you top sow things mm-hmm. in the turn of a field. So you have to be careful. There's a planting rate. Um, but anyway, the the biggest thing here is ethics. Yeah. Be an ethical hunter. And I'm studying that right now, my hunter ed oh, course. Oh, how's that going, by the way? Um, well, starting it the week we of we starting did. school is not the best idea. I wouldn't recommend it, but quickly. What? Quickly, how's it going? What? Quickly, we got to get through a bunch of other stuff well, here. You asked me about it. It's I know. Going, it's going pretty good. It is. It's a long process, but I'm learning so much that I have learned. Over the years, hunting with dad, but more in depth. Okay. So it's it's really I, I highly recommend it, and I also like how they touch on how hunters should handle anti-hunters. It's a big thing. It's a big I thing. Really, really liked. Anywho. Okay. Yeah, there's my little blurb. You gotta have your hunting license. You gotta have a migratory bird permit. Uh, it's required. It's free. It's called a hit permit. Uh, bag limits fifteen do- fifteen does per day. Uh, if you're hunting on a wildlife management field, Taylor, you can only have 50 shells. Uh, afternoon only, you can't get on the field until noon. And no shooting after 6 p.m. during the first segment, which is September 5th to October 10th. So, are you on the are you on the public duff field page yet? I am now. Okay. <laughs> Real quick, let's just try to let's try to. Oh gosh, we're never gonna make, through, make it through all these in five minutes. Okay, list the counties. Just take your counties where you have dove fields, and because we wrote these up, so go ahead. So Abbeville, Aiken, Anderson, Berkeley. You got Charleston, Cherokee, Chester, Chesterfield, Clarendon. You know, so how far I gotta go here? Colleton and Florence. Georgetown. Hampton, Lawrence, you got you got. No, I got it. Lawrence, Lexington, Marlborough County, McCormick, Newberry, Oconee, Orangeburg, Pickens, Saluda, Spartanburg, Sumter, Union, and York. Some of these have more than one field. York County has got the Draper Tract, which is where we went and took all the pictures of the sunflower. Go see them sunflowers. Well, we'll they're, not be they're dead now. Never mind. Don't go see them. Go see them next year. <laughs> well, go see them now if you want to go dove hunt because they're dropping all those seeds and the birds well, are well, piling in there. Picture-wise. Yeah, picture wise. They've got that. And then York County's got Worth Mountain where we hunted for several years mm-hmm. up there and always had a good time. You got some good memories coming out of that. Good place. memories and a lot of doves. This is a list 
of South Carolina Wildlife Management Area Public Dove Fields. They're in the rules and regulations book. I about to say that's They're what online. Uh, and it, it tells you, like the Abbeville Track, that's the U.S. Forest Service Power Partnerships Field. It tells you it's five miles east of Abbeville on South Carolina 72, a quarter mile south on Bass Road. It's 60 acres. Yep. And it tells you, first season, Saturday's only beginning September 5th. Second, third season's open Monday through Saturday. And you got to watch. They will have a bullet point that says field closed. If any of them are closed, you need to watch that so you're not very disappointed. When Anderson Anderson County, Clemson University, Fance Grove, WMA, first season. Saturday's only beginning September 5th. Field closed October the 3rd. Perfect example. Just, so, be, just be aware of what you're looking at. Make sure to do your research on these fields. Yes. Know what you're working with. Uh, i got a good story on how to attract dove leader. We'll do this next year. Next spring, we start planting our dove field. We'll go on. Let me tell you a couple of things. If you got a field, there's a couple of things you might haven't considered doing that will attract doves. Fake power line. Oh. You can build line. them. You can make them out of, out of something, a rope that doesn't stretch. Steel cable is great. Um, but, yeah, we had a fake power line. I have 700 I birds on my. Say. And didn't Granddaddy Opening, come? Yeah, Granddaddy took it down. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> of course, we planted pine trees over there. <laughs> that field was no longer applicable. Um, burning a field. If you've got a wheat field, an oats, you know, wheat standing wheat or whatever, or you mill it or whatever, you cut it, bale it or whatever, burning a field will burn off all the chaff. Doves have weak ankles and need a good level, firm place to land and walk. A burned field really is a draw for doves because you got black ash. And the seed on top just shimmers. Yeah. They can easily see it. Uh, plowing strips through your field. Mm-hmm. If you bush hog a uh, path through a couple weeks before the season opens and the birds are in there, go side, go beside it and give them a nice, firm place to land, a dirt place. It'll attract them because it's new. They can land in it and walk into your whatever you got planted next to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, decoys. Always work. You know, you got the plastic decoys. you got spinning wing decoys. Uh, we've used both from years to years. So what, what have you got real quickly well, I, here? I was just going to say just a little tip for this dove season. If you do end up killing a banded bird, go ahead and call 1-800-327-2263. That's 1-800-327-BAND. So call that. That will be valuable information of migratory birds. Don't please reach out and do that because that is very important. They where's where are some of the places most of our birds are from where? Here, right here. here. Only five point eight percent are found in other states, so we are truly blessed what we got here in South Carolina. You'll kill a lot of first year birds here but eighty percent of doves die off every year anyway. Yeah. That's a that's one of those research projects that came up. They did it and they found out that. So uh it's just a it's a great most of them man if you get into a dove shoot and you got a low country boil after it's over with and you got a dog to retrieve it's a great way to spend time with friends and friends it is and we'll do that September 5th Taylor yep. all right thanks for listening hope you enjoyed the show back next week and as always don't take time to get out there don't forget the camera oh take the back <laughs> roads when you can and we box that one we'll see you next no, week folks <laughs>